guys welcome to the show happy happy monday i'm so happy to be here i'm amla Benobi for those of you who do not know me and today we're gonna have a fruitful discussion about decentering men it's a recent sort of talking point that i've seen on tiktok twitter instagram from young feminists talking about this being something that we need to do in our lives as women whether we are young women old women it doesn't matter men need to be decentered from the conversation but before we get into that please like and subscribe if you like this channel. I want as many people to find it as possible so we can share this message. And we're not alone today. We've got Taylor in Nashville. Hey, happy, what day is it today? Monday, guys. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited to be here to talk about uh, a conversation centered around men, even if it is decentering us. Yeah, I guess Taylor is going to be uh, giving a lot of commentary today as he is the man on the oh, show. Am I? Yes. <laughs> so I got to know how you feel about mm. uh, being decentered in the conversation. Before we get into that, though, guys, I saw the news that The Office is reportedly getting rebooted. I just needed to talk about this for just a second. Dwight and Michael Spaces here on this tweet symbolize exactly how I feel about this news. I would love to be excited about The Office being rebooted. You all know I'm a big fan of the show. Taylor's a big fan of the show. We do many an Office reference on <laughs> this show in particular. But I just know in having watched the old US Office that if they re reboot it today, it's gonna be woke, guys. It's gonna be woke. Like They can't make any of the jokes that they made in that prior show. If you remember the episode Diversity Day, just picture how that would be made for a modern audience in 2023. Just want you to picture it for just a moment. And just think about the character that Michael Scott is and how you know inadvertently offensive he is just being who he is. I'm not ready for this to get rebooted. Taylor, do you have higher hopes than, than I? No, I don't trust Hollywood to do anything good post, I don't know, 2010, 12-ish. That seems to be when the, the woke wave crested. But we asked you guys here in the chat, you could vote what you think. Uh, how do you feel about the Office reboot so far? 7% of you say excited. 64% say please no in all caps. And 29% uh, are going to wait and see. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I, I'm just curious to see if they get the whole cast back together. Apparently, this is going to resume filming, if it's even happening, after the strike is all over, which we got more news on the WGA strike. The writers have reached a tentative agreement, and it looks as though... Over the course of this week, we could figure out whether or not the writers are going to be off strike. I believe the actors are still uh, stuck in the mix here. But this out of AP News says the union representing screenwriters reached a tentative agreement with Hollywood Studios to end a historic strike after nearly five months, raising hopes that a crippling shutdown of movies and television filming could be near an end. Actors remain on strike, but the deal with writers might help them find a resolution soon as well. The Writers Guild of America announced the deal Sunday in a joint statement with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, a, the group that represents studios. It says streaming services and uh, 
production companies in negotiations. The agreement must be approved by the Guild's board and members before the strike officially ends, but that could happen this week. Which means more shitty television is coming your way as soon as the writers get back to their desk, guys. I can't wait. We're going to get a fucking She-Hulk 2.0. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, so all those those great new modern shows and, and movies that are coming out are coming right back to us. Every Who's excited about that? Yeah. Absolutely nobody. Absolutely nobody. I honestly wish, you know, I, I get that there's probably legitimate concerns when it comes to the deals that are being written up. Uh, most jarring for me was the whole premise of using AI to recreate actors' faces and to essentially not have actors in films and television anymore. Totally get that that's concerning. However... The product that writers and actors have been putting out recently has been questionable at best uh, and, you know, just absolute woke garbage at worst. So I hope this maybe break that they've had, this five month break, reinvigorates the creative spirit. And we start getting, you know, new stuff, fresh stuff, stuff that appeals to a wider audience and is not just, uh, you know, attacking individuals for their political beliefs and for who they are as people. I hope they actually start to branch out in different directions. But it's not, you know, I'm not convinced that's going to be what happens, considering we got this news on the same day that we're getting an Office reboot. They can't seem to make anything original anymore. They just reboot the old thing and make it woke. So I just hope that doesn't happen here. Yeah. On the subject of reboots, Amala, can you think of any reboot in recent memory that has been like really successful oh my gosh i'm so glad they made that oh, i'm gosh. so happy they brought that back like i can't think of one off the top of my head yeah no i mean nothing comes to mind i i was trying to think like of, of even reboots that i've decided that i would watch bits of and i feel like i stopped watching them full house was an example they made that show fuller house i decided to watch an episode or two of that just couldn't couldn't get get past it and maybe it's because you know you're making a show from a different era and it just the the jokes no longer land the writing no longer lands and it doesn't have that nostalgia factor because it's new maybe that's why it didn't land for me but that's just one example of i think a reboot that i circled back to in hopes of you know feeling that sense of nostalgia while also getting something new and it just didn't pan out at all yeah there was girl meets world too i don't know if you guys have any other examples let us know in the chat i watched the whole season that Netflix put out of the, the sequel to that 70s show, which I was never really that into back in the day, but uh, my wife and I watched it. And it was like, it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't like overly woke or anything like that. It was kind of like, okay, hi, you know, it's it's funny. It's kind of cool to be back in this nostalgic world, but it wasn't like anything to, to write home about, which to me is probably like the best expectation that you can uh, hope for. I don't think they're going to be putting anything out that's a reboot that's going to like live up to or transcend the the original. So like you, I'd, I'd rather see new, newer stuff, but I also don't trust them with new stuff. So I don't know. Yeah, it's just going to be strange to see where they come back with The Office. Are you going to bring back all of the same characters who are now far older? You know, Michael Scott was no longer in The Office uh, by the end of it because he was in his whole relationship with Holly. Not to like nerd out on this. You have like the, the Robert Californias and then Will Ferrell's character. I'm just like, oh, are, are they going to be back what's going on man i'm not ready yeah. for it but i you know you know i'm gonna watch it guys you know that when it comes out i'm gonna be there to watch it and i'm gonna talk about it which is why i fail myself every time what i should do is just not <laughs> just not engage with it but i do it anyways because i i live a torturous existence well, you can hate watch it and then the audience can watch your reaction content to it, which is actually how I got through Rings of Power, uh, Amazon's reboot of Lord of the Rings. 
or I guess I should say spinoff. It wasn't a reboot, but uh, I watched Nerdrotics reaction episodes and other people on the internet who were like, oh my God, this is horrible. And that's what allowed me to survive that the reboot of that cherished IP. So yeah. maybe you can be that for, for the audience here. We love shared misery, guys. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed. So you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. <laughs> it is a keystone of human existence. <laughs> now, speaking of shared misery, let's talk about decentering men. Are you guys ready for this conversation? Now, a lot of you, when you read the title for this YouTube video, you said, what does decentering men even mean? You know, buckle up, guys. I'm going to give you a little crash course here. So the feminists sort of assert that women are raised and socialized to center men in their lives. What are ways that you center men, you ask? Well, putting your relationship with a man above your friendships. That's an example. Getting ready in the morning and thinking about how you look uh, when other men see you and wanting to be particularly pretty or, you know, in somebody who gets the male gaze, meaning men are attracted to you. That's a way to center men. Being worried about hurting the feelings of men is a way that you center men in your life and just sparing their feelings all around. And in general, this idea that young women have of wanting a relationship from men and putting that at the forefront of their brain, constantly identifying as single or in a relationship, this all revolves around, in their minds, centering men. So, of course, uh, with that being the truth that they subscribe themselves to, there is now a massive movement around decentering men in our lives. Let's watch a few TikTok videos just to lay the groundwork here. This is your daily a reminder that decentering men from your life is a daily practice. Decentering male approval, male attention, our internalization of the male gaze, like all of it is a daily practice and some days are a lot easier than others. Forgive yourself. It's not your fucking fault. It's the water we're swimming in. And decentering men from your life is, it feels like you're constantly swimming upstream. <laughs> but um, this past year I started taking poetry classes taught by Chelsea Diane. I love that woman. And in one of her classes, she told us a sentence which blew my mind. I swear to God, this one sentence helped me unravel years of internalized misogyny. Chelsea said that she has never met a man more powerful than her. Not to say that he doesn't exist, but she has yet to meet him. You have never, ever, ever met a man more powerful than you. Not to say he doesn't exist. But you haven't met him. Ooh, okay. Let's 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 get into that. You have never ever met a man more powerful than you. What are the odds that that's true for all the women that have seen this video? And this video got 204,000 likes. So, what are the odds that all 204,000 uh, of those who like this video who were presumably presumably predominantly women have never met a man more powerful than they are. And we can use powerful in, a, in a, you know, many different ways. It could be strength, it could be intelligence, it could be just overall, you know, emotional uh, intelligence, whatever you wanna use to define power for yourself. Have you really never met a man more powerful than you? And even if that were the case, 
if you are, you know, a, a heterosexual woman who wants to be in a long-term relationship at some point, build a family and build just a stable, structured life, uh, you know, surrounding family, wouldn't you want to find a man more powerful than you? Wouldn't that be your goal? For me personally, that's where I'm at. When I set out to find, you know, the man that I was going to be in a relationship with, the metrics that I'm looking for is somebody who's way beyond, you know, smarter than me, stronger than me, or, you know, shows up more charismatically and confidently. You know, you're looking for somebody who is going to outdo you, at least in my personal opinion. So to have to grapple with this idea that you've never met a man more powerful than you, either A, it's not the truth, or B, it's a really, really sad reality that we don't have men that are able to contend at the same levels as women in this modern day and age. Taylor, how do you feel about this idea? I don't know. When I hear it, it's like, it, to me, it just comes off as one of those weird things that people tell themselves. Like, fittingly, my mind goes to like uh, Dwight hyping himself up for the sales uh, visit on the, in the <laughs> office where he's like listening to the metal music and punching the chair behind him. Like, it's like, if you have to manufacture that much, like, you're not more powerful than me, man, I'm more powerful than you. It's right. Like, is that really genuine way to internalize like a sense of, of self-confidence? Like, I get it. I think there are this whole idea of decentering men, like, yeah, you don't want to have this unhealthy sense of I need my validation as a person to come from uh, a, another person right. that I'm trying to get in a relationship or something like that. And and so to, to the extent that that's what they mean by this, I'm like, okay, yeah, I mean, you don't want another person to be the center of your universe. Um, but they, I think there's, you can quickly overshoot and make an overreaction to that to where you get into this weird space of like, I'm totally self-dependent. I don't need anybody. Men are evil. Men are the devil. They've been trying to oppress me by everything. And it's like, that seems like an overreaction and it's probably not going to push you or, or it's not positioning you to land in a healthy, happy, fulfilled, balanced place. It seems like that's going to push you further in a camp that is is going to be have a weird uh, aversion to healthy relationships and having a weird aversion to men and it's just not setting you up for for success in my opinion yeah i agree and it's not to say that you should center men in your life right as, as we are saying it's just that maybe you don't have to take this just overreaching approach to you know throwing them out of whatever circle is in, in is in your life right now uh i think it's one thing to accept yourself to not want for others validation and that's cool and that's fine and that's dandy but it seems like uh there's a lot of overcorrection to where it becomes you know like just pushing out the the opposite sex and it becomes this back and forth which is the same argument that i use for red pill content creators they often overcorrect uh, for for feminism and then start pushing women away, uh, you know, demoralizing them, dehumanizing them in a lot of ways. And the same can be said for feminists. I think there's this like happy center space that we could all be in that doesn't involve anybody being directly in the center of all the conversations we're having and everything that we do in life. But I can guarantee you that if you are a woman who wants to find a man to be in a relationship with, uh, to build a family with, at some point, point he's going to have to enter that uh you know that center circle that you are living in and you know self-loving in and having all this self-positivity towards because that's how healthy relationships work but here's another video and this woman is going to coach you 
and say that essentially decentering men revolves around getting your bag. Let's hear it. I don't know who needs to hear this, but the amount of time that you are going to spend in a day thinking about a man, crying over a man, being upset about a man should be directly correlated to how many thousands of dollars you have in your bank account. Because why are you expending your resources, your mind, your best resource here on a man when you could be upgrading your life? If you got thousands of dollars in your bank account, okay, I'm going to lay off you for a bit. You get like three hours to think about a man. But if you don't have bands, there is no reason you should be thinking about a man. No reason. Think about your own life. Think about yourself. Think about why you don't have bands. Okay, that's one way to think about life. Okay, so she is, she asserts that if you don't have enough money in the bank, you don't have a, enough resource, time, energy to be worrying about a man. Get your money up first, then you can worry about a man. And... I can understand, again, where the argument is coming from. But also, you better think about how good or bad that man is. I mean, if you're bothering with a bum, okay, then yeah, move on with your your life and, you know, worry about yourself, improve yourself. Now, improving yourself does not mean making money. And I think that's what she's getting twisted here. If you are messing around with a bum dude, right, okay, and he's not helping you in any way, shape, or form elevate yourself, be it mentally, physically, even monetarily, if that's as far as we want to go, then maybe he's not somebody that you need to be worrying about. But if you have a good man, and a good man that is pursuing you and is there for you, I got some of the best advice I've ever gotten in my life, and that was you should pursue your significant other and you know who you're going to spend the rest of your life with at the same rate, if not more, than you pursue your career. Because who you end up with as a significant other is going to alter the trajectory of your life, either positively, net positively, or net negatively. So you better take that very seriously. Money and bands and thousands of dollars, this stuff comes and goes. <laughs> well, you're constantly in a state to, to make more money and to work towards ourselves. But you know, finding that person who is going to be with you for the rest of your life through the thick and thin and rich and poor and all that stuff, that's a much harder task than being able to get some money. Now, there are two very prominent women in my life who found themselves in situations of having chosen a significant other who wasn't there for them at the end of the day. And those two women ended up having to hustle really, really hard for money because they had not built, you know, a strong enough career to support their families when their husbands left them. So that's something to consider, too, you know, uh, a safety net of some sorts or at least a skill set that you know that you can rely on. But it by no means signals to me that you should just pursue a bag, pursue a bag, pursue a bag before you worry about finding love and significance in your life from, you know, our, our counterparts, our male counterparts. It's not good advice in my opinion. No, you're right. And it is the, one of the most, or the most likely the uh, consequential choice that you'll ever make as a, just a person, man or woman is if you are, if you are honest with yourself and you can say, Yes, I want a long-term monogamous relationship. I want that to be something that is going to contribute to be, to my happiness. That's something just I want to end up with and I want to have kids. Maybe uh, that is the, the most consequential decision you will ever make that will affect your life and your happiness. And so it, it stands to reason that you should uh, put a lot of thought and care into making that choice. Uh, so this idea that it's like, 
uh, wrong for women to care about that choice is a little bit misguided. Now, should it be the be-all, end-all of your life and should be finding a mate the be-all, end-all of your life? No. And I like uh, the advice that you referenced of you should be pursuing both being the person that you're made to be with all the energy that you can and also like being open to the right person coming along who's going to line up with with that and who's going to complement that at any stage in that journey but not waiting around uh for that to happen i don't i don't think that's a hell you know there's there's two sides of this you can like completely close yourself off to that possibility and be like no i'm just going to be independent and and I'm only going to, it's going to be about me, me, me. And, and you can close yourself off to something wonderful, or you can be like, I'm not even going to pursue any independence. I'm just going to wait around until my Prince Charming comes and sweeps me off my feet. And that's probably not a healthy uh, attitude to have either. So uh, there's room for nuance in this. And I don't like how in both of these first ones, it was like, you got to have all the power. The men should have none. Or you got to have all the money and the men shouldn't have any say in your life. Like, you know, multiple things can be true at once. You can be financially secure as a woman and still be pursuing a relationship, or you can be financially insecure uh, as a woman, but still not have an unhealthy mentality when it comes to being overly dependent on men for, for your uh, sustenance. Right. There's just balance here. And again, we do, we just go back and forth of like men, this women, that men, this woman, that, and we're fighting each other. But at the end of the day, most people know that they want to find that long-term relationship and that is at the end of the day what they want so it's really deceitful in a lot of ways to, to i think spin the different a different narrative to young women in particular and we'll get to that in just a bit i wanted to look up and see if there was any like guidebooks for how to decenter men <laughs> in your life and i did find one that was on medium.com we're going to read through five tips to decenter men from your life. Number one is to decide that your teen years and your 20s belong to you. Don't actively look for a man just yet. Do you know who you are? Most young women don't even know who they are and what they want because they are still growing. Now, I get this argument, of course. You want to figure out who you are as a person, figure out how to love yourself before you love somebody else. I Honestly, I'm going to say I think it's a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> and here's why I think it's a bunch of nonsense. And you've heard me say this before. We are always trying to figure out who we are. Who we are is constantly changing. The me you would have met four years ago if you spoke to me would be wholly different from who I am right now in my mid-20s. I'm 23 right now. So that's, that's going to be a constant factor in your life change and figuring out who you are. The same thing is going to be said for a man. My personal opinion is that finding a man in your 20s is a really, really wonderful thing because you get to grow with him. You get to go through sort of these tough periods of life where you are sort of figuring out where you stand and who you are with somebody else. And you guys get to grow together. And that way, when you hit your 40s and your 50s and your 60s, you can look back and be like, remember those times in our 20s that we spent together? Remember when we were broke? Remember when you worked this job? Remember when we went and did this thing or traveled here or did whatever, you know, whatever the case may be for your life, however it looks, wouldn't it be great to experience that period of growth with somebody else and go through those turbulent times? Instead, uh, a lot of the modern day feminist narratives are like, since you don't know who you are, since everything's, you know, unstable, since you want to like travel and do this and do that, just chop out your 20s and, and maybe even your 30s a little bit and Toss those aside. Don't build any, you know, long-term relationships in that period of time because 
you never know what's going to happen and you never know who you're going to be by the time you're 30. But guess what? When you're 30, you don't know who you're going to be when you're 40. When you're 40, you don't know who you're going to be when you're 50. So why not just, you know, not ever have a relationship with anybody ever? Yeah, and I'd say you're like your character too is something that I guess has is more entrenched, has more staying power through your life than like where what your profession is at any given time, what job you hold or what, what where your hobbies are, interests are. So those things can change and, and a lot, but like I think your character changes more slowly. But as you're talking too, I think there's there's a, there's a room for nuance here as well because like my wife and I were just at uh, a marriage couples group uh we started going to for with our with our church uh last night and uh we're on the older end we're in like our early 30s and there are some like mid to late 20s uh couples in there and as we're listening to some of them share about issues that they're facing and how they're working through stuff in their in their relationships in their marriages um afterwards i answered and my wife and i were processing like uh just the whole night and everything that we heard and it was like they were a couple that got married in their in their mid 20s and seemed to be dealing with issues that are associated with immaturities that people who are in their 20s have mm -hmm. but we were like they're fine and they're going to be okay because they have a healthy uh engagement in their relationship they understand they're both committed to the relationship they have a healthy view of marriage and uh, a healthy dynamic between them and they're walk like you said walking through those challenges together and growing together as uh, as a couple and as individuals and dealing with their issues together and being honest and establishing good communication and good rhythms in their life so like we're they're going to be okay and for for my wife and I we waited uh, we waited we we ended up getting married a little later uh, right around the age of 30 31 and we were more set in our ways and maybe there's been some challenges like getting uh, on the same page because you're, you're more set in your ways when you're older, mm -hmm. but you have less of those, uh, immaturities that you have to deal with maybe, uh, if you were to get married earlier, but either way it works. A lot depends on just how you are entering into that relationship. What is the dynamic between you and, uh, what's your view of marriage or that what's, what's the view of the commitment that you have to each other and your willingness to work things out together and uh to do that in good faith with good communication and everything so i think it can work both ways and that's where yeah. people always talk about oh the divorce rate or oh this or oh men this and women that and it's like so much depends on the mentalities of the individuals that are engaged in the relationship so much depends on the values that they have what they're bringing into it the the heart that they have the willingness to sacrifice for for the relationship or for the other person and it's it's not all these like little dynamics are not referendum on all men or all women or marriage or divorce or whatever it's it's very specific to the, the people who are involved in it and i think there, there's a lot of room for nuance there yeah that's why like these these sort of hard and fast rules or sets of advice for young women in particular that i see on the internet it really like gets me sometimes that there's not there's no allowance for nuance i'm sure you guys have heard this many many times from these young women on the internet that say you know studies show that the happiest individuals are are unmarried women without kids or, or whatever and then they're citing the same study that has been cited for, I believe, like the past four or five years by this man named Paul Dolan. And there's no room for nuance. I mean, like one question is, how do you even measure happiness amongst people? Also, if you did just a survey of, you know, unmarried, married, have kids, no kids, got married in their 20s, got married in their 30s, all these different things, we do have a proclivity to defend the lifestyle that we choose. So of course, an unmarried woman with no children is going to say I'm extremely happy uh, with with 
no marriage, no kids. A married woman with kids is going to say, I'm extremely happy with, uh, you know, being married and, and having kids. So it's really hard to decipher these things, which is why the hard and fast rules really get to me. And especially the ones, uh, you know, of course, my bias is leaning towards building long term relationships and finding a family. So the ones that especially get to me are the ones telling young women not to look for that. We're going to go through a couple more on this article here. It says, follow your dreams and celebrate your wins. I agree with that. I think that's a wonderful thing to do in life. Number three says, stick it to the male gaze. Learn how to be comfortable with being, quote, ugly, end quote. Pretty privilege is a social concept that stipulates that more attractive people have more friends, money, and success and they're less, than their less attractive counterparts. This is even more true for women. Since the beginning of time, we were caught to, we were taught to take, <laughs> stroke taught to cater to the male gaze and crave male validation i can hear some people going no not i even if you have achieved a super self-aware conscious state where you defy social pressure you did at some point cater to the male gaze we were all socialized to do so from a young age okay I can, again, understand this to a certain extent. I think we do learn to make ourselves look good, to be perceived as attractive by other people. And I think for a lot of women, maybe not all, as this article asserts, a lot of women are told, hey, at some point or another, are you going to settle down? Are you going to find, you know, the man that you're going to spend the rest of your life with? Do I think that is an unhealthy pressure? No. I don't think it's unhealthy to, you know, want to be attractive to the opposite sex and to have that be a thought that pops in your head, every, you know, every day when you're getting ready or something like that, or when you're about to go out or every now and then when you just want to look beautiful for a special occasion. Do I think that's unhealthy? No, I think it becomes unhealthy if it is at the forefront of everything that you're doing at any given moment then that can be an issue. And I, I stand by that. But to be a woman who wants to place herself in the position of being attractive to her male counterpart in order to, you know, hopefully get into a relationship with a man, I don't think anything is inherently wrong with that. And I don't know, you know, when exactly we started splintering off things into like the male gaze and the female gaze and analyzing them, but it's perfectly normal for a woman to want romance and relationship in her life. And that comes with, yes, being attractive. Just as much as we want to be attracted to the man that we end up with and want to find a man that we find physically appealing. I don't know that there's much else to say. Taylor's going, Taylor's going, nope. <laughs> well, the only thing I take issue with in her article or the main thing is like when she finishes with saying women are socialized to want to be attractive to the the opposite sex i i think that's that's an innate thing and i think again like you said it's a two-way street and was, our, there was a tendency this day and age to blame society or the system or systemic this or that uh for any litany of issues and it's again like an oversimplification it's attributing a hundred percent of the pie chart of blame to something to like like socialization like the patriarchy when it's more nuanced a big chunk of that pie is just human nature whether you're male or female you gen humans generally want to find relationships and and want to procreate and want to find monogamy and all that and that's okay to admit you don't have to suppress that truth to make your point it's 
now can can you have an unhealthy desire for uh, a certain person or a certain outcome that is so out of balance in your life that it takes so much precedence over everything else that you don't have a personality you don't have uh, you're not giving yourself any of your of the due that you deserve to develop yourself or or to pursue the things that that you're interested in or care about when when all of your being is subservient to this idea that I must find a person yeah that's that's out of whack and that's unhealthy but that doesn't mean wanting a relationship is an unhealthy thing or caring about how the opposite sex perceives you is is uh an unhealthy thing i think that's a perfectly normal thing it just needs to be balanced and integrated into your life in a healthy way yeah and that's exactly right it's just everything you know everything in moderation that's okay. It's okay to just, you know, moderately want to be attractive to, you know, the opposite sex when you go out, when you see them, if you're in a relationship. And, you know, that's something that I think a lot of relationships lose and why the spark can often leave is because maybe both individuals stop caring whether or not they're perceived as attractive anymore by the person that they're with. And that's why things sort of, you know, simmer, simmer down and you no longer have the, the fire that you once had in a relationship. Now, this article goes on to give three more rules for decentering men. Number three is lay off the romance music, books and movies. Romantic comedies are the primary offenders when it comes to most people's unrealistic ideals and expectations of relationships, Disney is another primary offender, socializing us with unrealistic and downright toxic views of relationships from childhood. Number four is to be okay with being single dot 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 forever. And five is to realize that men are human, which means they eat, they sh they sleep, they cheat, they lie, they steal, they disappoint. If you want to make the man, a man, the center of your life, he will never live up to your full expectations. And that's okay because he is human. No more dating a man just because. After all, he is not that bad. You don't want to be single. The days of that are over. Love yourself enough to have zero interest in men who are not actively and passionately pursuing you. How do you feel about that, Taylor? I am not. I'm not too mad at that. Yeah, I mean, I agree with her to the degree that don't give guys time of day who are not demonstrating uh, a commitment to prioritizing you, to prioritizing uh, the relationship. Like if they're not willing to defer their own, you know, preferring themselves to you to some degree, then yeah, that's that's uh, a red flag. But the, when she talks about men being human and everything, that's true, but like you're human as well. So if you're alternative to uh, men who are going to fail you is putting all of your eggs in the basket of yourself, you, you're going to disappoint yourself because you're human too. It's, it's very difficult to place all the weight of the world on your own shoulders to me, that's the same as putting all the weight of the world for your happiness on someone else's shoulders. The, 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 the balance there is being realistic and understanding, okay, I'm a flawed human being. The person who I will will end up with, in, even in the best case scenario, will be another flawed human being. But you can at least filter out uh, the, the unhealthy sort of the men who are seeking to just use you or take advantage of you. You can filter out the people that require you to uh, lower your standards or sacrifice your being true to yourself or whatever uh you can filter that out but while still not excluding the possibility of a of a healthy relationship for yourself yeah and i i take issue you know like 
uh, men, men often, I think, bear the burden of being viewed as not good people. I have an example of a, of a tweet here. Now, this is a, was a tweet put out by a seemingly reasonable individual. She said, if you're a woman, I urge you to collect three to five male friends that will constantly remind you that men are great people. Without my guy friends exposing myself to the foolishness I see online every day, I would collapse on uh, in on myself like a dying star due to hopelessness. So she's just saying, I keep some good men around me because if you're following what's happening on the internet, you'll think that all men are horrible because all these women are saying men suck, the patriarchy this, decenter them that, and she keeps, you know, five male friends around and they remind her that men are good. And that resonates with me because all the men that I know in my life are are good people like I've, I've not recognized any of the issues that all of these women are talking about on the internet they're good many of them are in you know really healthy relationships where they are centering the person that they're with you know believe it or not crazy idea i know and if they're not in relationships they're just like real cool single guys that you know at, at some point you know one day or another they will find a, a good woman to be with but this tweet got a response and it said when y'all are ready to decenter men you'll stop doing all these rubbish mental gymnastics just to prove that cishet men are good people because they aren't <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Just straightforward down the line. This is like uh, the, the the Pearl Davis of, of misandry <laughs> just saying that all cishet men are, are not good people. We know that this is ridiculous. The polarity is ridiculous. And how black and white that we see things when it comes to relationships and men versus women it just gets on my nerves. But let's hear from a woman who understands the decentering argument, but has found that it hasn't served her much in life. Let's hear it. Trust me when I say this, I know where the girls are coming from when they say to decenter men and that men fuck corpses and that you shouldn't put any value into what men think of you or how they treat you because uh, they're dog shit most of the time. Okay, I get that and I understand it. The problem I have is as a straight heterosexual woman who's attracted to straight heterosexual men and would like to experience a romantic heterosexual relationship with a man but has never had the opportunity to do so, it makes it hard to really accomplish that. And on top of that, I am force-fed content on and offline on a daily basis, seeing women who are truly valued and treated well by the men in their lives. And that makes me physically ill some of the time. Like having content shoved down my throat of how some women are treated by the men in their lives and how valued they actually are and knowing that no man in my life has ever actually liked me like at all and has never valued me literally at all. Um, it kind of does something to the psyche and, and your self-worth and your self-esteem. Well, let's pause here for a second. 
this woman clearly does not have the healthiest mindset. <laughs> I think we can get that out of the way. But do you see how easily influenced people are by content that they watch on the internet? She's saying she's watching all this decenter men content. She understands the message that women are putting out. And yes, we do need to decenter men, but I want to be in a relationship. And when she refers to like healthy relationship content that she's seeing on the internet, she claims that it's being forced down her throat. First of all, you can log off. At any, at any time. You don't have to watch the content of the healthy couples that is making you, you know, want to yourself, you know? You can always just shut it off. Nobody is force-feeding you that, that content, but I digress. Can you see without easily, some people are manipulated, how this can affect their lives when you are spewing these narratives at them about decentering men, not wanting a relationship, and even more so than that, can you see how the, yes, innate biological drive that we have to find good relationships is going to supersede the narrative that you tell these people? Which, I, I live in LA, you guys all know that. I meet a lot of girls all the time who are in like their late 20s, early 30s, and they have this very same mindset of, oh, it's all about self-love, self-acceptance, and, you know, I love myself, I'm the center of my world, I'm my number one priority, I don't need no man. And how often, when the subject of relationships get brought up, do those girls end up just like in a puddle of emotional mess because they don't have a relationship? But the next day, we'll say that they're girl bossing, they secured their bag, they got bands, you know, they don't have to worry about anything. At the end of the day, when the head hits the pillow, they're thinking about it. Maybe not all of them, but they're thinking about it. There are always exceptions to the rule, but the rule is the rule. That's what I know. And I know because I met them. And of course that's anecdotal, but when you when it happens enough times in your life, and when you hear the same complaint from the same women who is who are pushing, you know, decentering men and men ain't shit and they all suck and they're all horrible, you'll start to realize that maybe the narrative that they're spinning is not true. Maybe in fact the narrative is a like symptom or side effect of a larger issue within their own lives. And because they don't have a relationship, they spew and project you know, the, the hatred and the inner anxiety that they feel at men. Because we know that there are good men that do exist out there and that are in relationships and are treating their women as if they are valuable individuals, just like there are good women who are out there doing the same. So could it be a projection? It could. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, as you're talking, what comes to my mind is um, I heard once, like, if you want to test whether your worldview is is something that's effective that's that's true that's accurate like there's correspondence and coherence to test correspondences does it internally make sense and coherent or correspondences coherences does it internally make sense correspondences does it correspond to reality does it actually work and when you have this like girl boss narrative that is telling you you know you can be a strong independent woman who don't need no man but you're going to bed at night and when you lie or sleep on your pillow you're crying because you have this deep innate sense of wanting to be with someone but not being able to find that in the sense of disillusionment and disappointment that cognitive dissonance you're experiencing might be just a suggestion a product of a worldview that's been sold to you that is uh does not correspond to reality that is not uh, a worldview that that works because it's suppressing a simple innate truth and causing forcing you to suppress something uh to not be honest with yourself and that that's going to be frustrating until you are willing to confront that part of it now that doesn't mean you need to 
fully embrace the Disney princess mentality. And again, like wait for Prince Charming to sweep you off your feet and, and put your whole life on hold. But it does mean that you can be honest and like, okay, I'm going to pursue my life and pursue what I need to pursue and not wait around for a man. But also I'm going to keep my heart open to the right thing and, and keep that hope alive. And that's what, when I was listening to this uh, redheaded girl talk, it was just like, you know, you can, you can make, the existence of happy people in happy relationships, a cause to take the black pill and become bitter and become disillusioned with life and, and to lose your hope. Or you can say, well, I know that's out there and I, it can leave the hope alive for you. And, and the difficulty of, of being is things aren't always going to work out in the timing that you want in the way that you want, but you can respond to circumstances that don't lay themselves out properly for you uh in one of two ways you can either get angry at the world and and blame the world or blame the system or blame men or blame society or whatever it may be or you can say you know what the fact that that some people have it figured out and some that this is happening there there's hope for me still and uh i'm gonna just continue to be my best self and uh continue to get up and, and go after it and, and, and go after life and, and make the most of it because yeah, turning to nihilism is just never a solution to anybody. It, it ends up corrupting you and making you spread corruption. And I feel like a lot of this, uh, the stuff that's coming out of the, the, the feminist side of uh, social media talking right now is kind of the, coming from that like corrupted, I'm bitter and angry at the world energy. And I would just say, man, like there, there's still hope and, and don't don't turn to that corruption. Yeah, I can't help but thinking all of this or at least a, a large majority of this would be solved if people just went, boop, log off <laughs> and just like went outside for yeah. a little bit. Like literally just go outside and like go for a walk for 30 minutes a day and in a different place each day and see who you meet and who you come across and see how different the world is from what you're seeing online. Because I hear from guys who are like, you know, women are trash, they're all modern day feminists, they're, or they're 304s or they're on OnlyFans and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, there are a ton of women who do that. But if you're... If the pool of women that you are, you know, engaging with, if the majority of them are on the internet, that's the majority of what you're going to see. Because, like, that's what goes viral. That's what gets views. That's what, get that's what gets clicks. But if you go out into the real world, you're going to find, like, oh, you don't have an OnlyFans? You're not a 304 or whatever they're calling them? You are actually just really cool and out just doing things in the real world and not on the internet, that's where you're going to find them. And the same can be said for these women who are looking at like awful men and they're saying all these men are Andrew Tates or they're Sneakos or whatever. Well, yeah, because you're spending 75% of your time scrolling on TikTok and that's where these guys go viral and that's where other men are engaging and saying probably some of the most crass things that come to their mind that they would never say out in the real world. So if you just log off for just a moment, like 30 minutes a day and head to a new place each day. I imagine your view of the world is going to get so much brighter because you're going to start meeting normal people who are not spending their time doom scrolling like, you know, everybody else. That's something to be said. Yeah. Which by the way, getting off the internet and stopping doom scrolling and going out and doing things is something that goes hand in hand with uh, developing yourself, with uh, asking yourself, what are my talents? What are my interests? Who am I? And you're going out and 
going into the world and doing that and developing yourself and becoming your best self and and becoming a better version of yourself and pursuing and developing the things that are uh, your God-given gifts and talents and and personality and all that. So, uh, which which to me is is funny because you have this like strong independent you know mentality which corresponds to the people who complain about the opposite sex so much and, and you know in the, it, I, you hear the phrase like go oh, touch grass like go out there and live your life and and you're more likely to find the right person if you're going out and pursuing the things that you love uh whether it's your sports or working out or pottery i don't know like but like go mm-hmm. out there and do things take classes engage with people go to groups go to meetups like uh, go live life and that's not waiting around you don't have to go with the mentality of like oh this pottery class was a failure if i didn't find my eternal soulmate uh, in two weeks at going to it but right. uh if you are saying i'm doing this because this is who i am you are more likely to find the right person in the course of being yourself, being your best self, going out there and living life uh, than you are sitting, scrolling on TikTok and complaining about the the world. Dude, and there there are some people who are completely delulu about this. When I met my boyfriend, right, I met him at a bar out with my best friend, Risa, and he sat next to us, whatever, we started talking. Of course, at some point in the conversation, you know, uh, social media comes up or whatever and asks him, like, you know, do you have social media? Has no social media. Nothing is on nothing. To me, that is green flag, green flag. It is such a massive green flag. If you meet a man and you ask him, do you have social media and you're interested in this guy and he says, no, I'm not on social media, you better snatch that man up, ladies. (laughs) And what was crazy to me was I'm like viewing this in my head. It's like, okay, green flag, green flag, green flag. And you would tell other women about it who are also in like their 20s, maybe 30s or whatever, and they go, that's such a red flag. Like, what is he hiding? Why is he not on social media? Why does he not post his life for the whole internet to see? I'm just like, girl, it's because he's out there doing other things with his life. And he doesn't need just sort of like this menial stimulation of being on Instagram or TikTok. And that is a green flag. And it signals that he just has a life out in the real world and that he's not going to be like one of these you're going to ask him who Andrew Tate is and he's going to be like who are you talking about that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> anyways guys I think we're going to get into two super chats and while we're pulling those up uh, my, my final thoughts on this whole narrative of decentering men I feel like it is the female equivalent to red pill content I saw one of you commented in the chat down below that these women sound sort of similar to you know incels and i guess instead of being involuntarily celibate they are voluntarily celibate women who just really do not like men and you know what if that makes you a happy individual and you don't want to be in a relationship and you want to be voluntarily celibate or whatever the the phrase is that we're going to use for it that's okay you know that's that's your choice but hopefully it's a strongly informed choice and you're not being led by ideology and you are instead being led by true feelings that you have and you know healthy choices that you want to make for your body and your mind i just have a feeling that at the end of the day you know when 10 years passes for these women maybe they will have regretted not finding a partner or if they did find a partner maybe they didn't put as much time and effort as they should have into that choice which is why things like divorce are are so high because this is something that you should take very very seriously in choosing the person who you want to spend the rest of your life with so that's where we'll land for today <laughs> here here 
Yeah, we're, we're not here to tell you, you know, how to live and all the decisions to make, but not we are at here all. to warn you against the sort of rigid ideological thinking that can ruin what would otherwise be great stuff for you. So, okay, you guys uh, are saying they're called fem cells. Fem cells. I have heard that term. I've I heard, have heard that, that term, term as well. I didn't realize. Okay, so maybe we'll maybe we'll need to only to look into the fem cell community. We're not scrolling on the internet enough, Amala. We need to get back on and, <laughs> right. and uh, learn all this stuff. <laughs> oh, the irony. Uh, okay, so first super chat today comes from Must Pavlov Dogs. So nice. She says, I think you guys missed my super chat last Wednesday. I'm sorry. Oh, she, no. uh, I said that Angelica Ross had tweeted that Emma Roberts apologized to her, but the tweet was worded a bit smugly, encouraging Emma to do better. I saw that, that like uh, she maybe said that Emma wasn't doing enough of the work to truly be an ally or something like that. So I did see that. I wonder if the apology was recent or if it was from back in 2018. But it was recent. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, Christopher Alcine says, thanks again for all of the great content. Hug emoji. Thanks, Christopher. Thank you. We were struggling today. I'm like, what are we going to talk about today? And then I started seeing all these videos of girls talking about decentering men. So we put that together. But it's been a kind of like light news week or the news that has been up. is like all foreign affairs, which is not my yeah, not my wheelhouse. Talk about Ukraine and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, dear. I'll uh, let somebody else do it. But you guys like these episodes when we just talk about relationships and stuff like that let us know in the chat yeah uh avjr says hello wish you all a good stream i'm going to hop on my flight and going back to los angeles california hoping oh. i can say to hi to you irl <laughs> awesome that's great i hope you have a safe flight <clears throat> yeah i am not in la no. uh, and gratefully so it's fine. It's fine. everything's fine Joy says, hey, guys, love catching live streams. I want to get your guys' thoughts on romantic relationships between people of opposing political persuasions. Hey, you know what? It's all about how important, I guess, politics is to you. I, I think there's a lot of room and there has been up until now for people of very differing political beliefs to be in relationships with one another. I just think... Um, just think about bigger things that could affect your relationship. If you have opposing political beliefs on like family structure and what that looks like and how to raise kids, then that's a whole different discussion. But if it's like I'm pro-gun and he's anti-gun and we want to get married, who cares? And for so long, I, I've I knew kids when I was in school. It was like my mom's a Democrat, my dad's a Republican. They talk about it sometimes at dinner, whatever. At the end of the day, they're married and everything's fine. Now it's like, if you date somebody with an opposing political opinion, they're toxic. You need to cut them out of your life. They hate you. They're you know voting against your rights. I don't know when we got nuts, like just completely crazy when it comes to exploring other political opinions. But we need to go back to how it was. We do. In the good old days, yeah. People's like your whole identity now seems to be in politics, and it's not just that you disagree with someone; it's that they're a bad person, and you have this judgment air to them. So, if if the person's giving you that energy, then I would say that's a red flag. But if it's just, hey, re reasonable people of differing opinions who generally share the same values about open discussion and and uh, being truth seeking and all that, then that's way less of a red flag, and you can overcome a lot of that. So. Yeah. Uh, or it makes things interesting. Um, Jessica O'Shea says, I accidentally hit send without a message. She sent another super chat right before. Thank you, Jessica. Uh -huh. uh, anyway, today's my birthday, and I'm grateful oh. that I caught you live. You're definitely one of my favorite people to watch while I do chores. God bless. We need chimes. Happy birthday. 
<laughs> that's awesome i love that you love watching the show and i hope you're having a fantastic birthday uh full of you know family and friends and good things yeah y'all say happy birthday to jessica in yes the chat. drop it down below and we love it when you guys uh tell us what you're doing or show us so if you want to post a picture of whatever activity you are engaged in while watching the show and post it on instagram and tag amala we will see it maybe repost it yeah so, there you go uh randy v says in a perfect world i would love to have both government and the writers on strike uh would people really notice or even care that that happened absolutely not lol i certainly wouldn't yeah i don't know how that would ever be resolved if that was if that were the case oh my gosh we need to strike against the government is what really needs to happen at this point yeah government shutdown don't tempt me with a good time uh let's see taylor cooper's account says hey you suggested your email last week when i inquired idk how many you get but can you find my two by searching taylor cooper uh you guys do yeah. a great job okay i'll leave you alone now thank you for your tyfyt i don't know what that means thank you for your I don't Talk. know. Time. Thank <laughs> time? you for your time. Oh, time. There yeah. it is. We got to the bottom of it. Uh, yeah. If you sent it to my Instagram, I go through my email quite regularly. I didn't see any from Taylor Cooper. Let me, I'll check my, uh, my spam box just in case it went there instead of to my main, uh, you know, inbox. Yeah, buddy. Okay. Thank you, Taylor Cooper. Let's see. Aaron White sends a super chat. No message. Thank you, Aaron. Monica Leah says, or Kayla I need to get this right. Uh, she's a regular. Uh, I have a new TV, but I use this almost exclusively as a monitor for my PC. I watch TV channels very rarely. Is this common among young people? Looks like PC monitors are vanishing because TV can be used as a monitor. Um, I don't know. I mean, I use my TV for like streaming services. That's what I use mine for. I rarely like screen mirror or like airplay stuff. But I know a lot I, of people who do. I, I do streams for uh, sports events that I don't have access to, so I'm nice. screen mirror for that. Um, but, well, uh, the yeah, police I, are pulling up to your house yeah. right now. <laughs> They're going to use this as evidence, FBI. <laughs> Piracy uh, is a real and serious crime, Taylor. <laughs> millions of families suffer every year. <laughs> uh, but no, that's interesting. I don't know. Do you guys use uh, your TV as PC monitors? I have a monitor here in the studio, so... We have hella monitors uh, in the studio. says, hey there, gang. My brother's getting married on Wednesday, so can I get an air horn for when I show him this? Oh, where is it? Boom. Congratulations. Nice. Congratulations, Alex's brother. Hope you have a fantastic wedding, that everything goes smoothly, and I'm sure you have a beautiful bride. And a happy trad relationship. He said, by the way, I, I really love these types of episodes. So I know, know you do, Alex. Alex. <laughs> Uh, relationship talk. yes alex loves anytime the feminists get called out <laughs> uh isaac mcdermott just sends a super chat no message thanks, thanks isaac. isaac uh another one from randy v says completely off topic but justin trudeau's government the house speaker recognized a former literal nazi in the house of commons very recently in canada definitely worth looking into for sure we saw that the little the old man that was sitting there and taking in all of the applause now i don't know the ins and outs of like what his you know whole deal was and i haven't read about why exactly he was being honored but it certainly is very very sus considering the background there That's yeah from I what i understand he was like an, a ukrainian soldier who but also like served either in the ss or like in a, an attachment to the ss which was 
part of the Nazi military. Dude. And it's just crazy. Like they, you know, demonetize Russell Brand on allegations. And then you have someone who's like literally documented historical Nazi. And it's like, it's they're just so getting honored applause. here today. Yeah, just great. Wild. It's like a South Park episode for real. Yeah. yeah, that's life for as long. It's getting to be as long as you can remember a clown world. At this I point, feel like I like, remember a time yeah. where maybe it wasn't so crazy, but it's getting harder, feeling just, more distant. Just what do you do at this point? I just hear news like that and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, just another day. Like, I, I don't know how, like, how reactionary are we even meant to be at this point when you know tomorrow there's going to be another piece of news that's just as insane. Dude, I know. I saw a tweet the other day that was like, uh, looks like the, the federal government's projected to have a $2 billion deficit this year or $2 trillion deficit this <laughs> year. And I was like, I just quote tweeted and I was like, oh, one word, just like, yeah. uh, you know, just another day in some <laughs> right. in a sane world. This would be like, oh, my God, the sky is falling. We need to do something about this. This is insane. But we're just so desensitized to, to desensitize to the most crazy, irrational stuff. The border, you look at like border news every single day. It's just yeah. like, dude. What is going on? At this point, I'm just like waiting to like, when does this all come to a head? Like, when does this all get to the point where it's just so overwhelming that everything collapses? Who knows? Yeah. Anyways, I'm to, just I'm ready to uh, Nick Offerman in The Last of Us and just, <laughs> you know, start building the fence around my house on the prairie Dude, me and too. become self-sufficient. <laughs> me too. Homestead for the win. Uh, let's see. Catherine Tyson says, first time making a live. Super cool. I've started running recently and your podcast distracts me from the pain. Always oh, look forward to new content. Love that for you. I could not run to save my life. I running is my least favorite form of exercise, uh, ever, ever brought about ever created, even though it's apparently what humans are, are made for, I guess, in, in some sense of the world, we're meant to go long distances, but I am not. It's just a yeah, fact. I've, I've fallen off the wagon since uh, we did that campaigns video back in, what was that, March or something? Like we, I was right. training for that because I knew we'd have to run through the mountains with him and I was work, doing the camera work. And uh, I'm glad I did because I would have died if not. I still almost died. Gosh. But uh, ever since getting back from that, I've not been running. I actually asked my wife this weekend, like we, we drove by, there's some really nice trails and stuff in, in our area. And I was mm -hmm. like, would you ever run? And she was like, no, I hate it. Like, we can do yoga and go to the gym. But right. I'm yeah. I'm like, I'm down to like weight lift or whatever, but I'm just <laughs> not going to, I'm not going to run. Sorry. My younger brother's training for the a marathon in Washington, DC right now, the Marine Corps marathon or something. And I'm like, dude, I don't understand. I saw a tweet the other day. I was like, do people who run marathons realize that they don't have to? <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a I don't know I I'm, I guess some people genuinely love it but oh my gosh how I don't know runners yeah. high it's just the challenge I guess yeah that's must hopefully that's a really big high for that much right. pain and training okay uh let's see oh, we're caching we're gonna have to says, go through these quickly okay uh this is the first live I've been able to catch from the beginning. Uh, but I've been watching since your shelves were committing suicide. Thanks for what you do. They were, they were offing themselves right off, yeeting themselves right off the wall. Now we're here. So things are better. Thank you for sticking around. Yeah, he's a true OG. Alex and Taya says, uh, yeah, that delusional redhead has zero chance of getting a guy she wants until she changes her attitude and vibe, as women say. Yeah, you can't just be the perpetual victim here. You got to like, you know, shape up and ship out. You know what I mean? You got to go find something and, and do something with your life. You can't just complain about the state of things all the time. Indeed, you're not going to get the victim sympathy from us on too much on this show. No, but we'll no, still you try won't. To be, be kind in good faith and be nice. <laughs> Mackenzie Tuttle says, I'm so glad I found your content. When I'm brave enough to share my views, I'll share your content because you articulate my thoughts better than I can. Oh, 
thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. We try to like really package these things in a way that is understandable for people for that very reason. Yeah. Thanks for watching. Uh, two more here. Alex and Taya says, Hey, Amala, do you ask those Cali girls what they are doing to change or make themselves better so that they can get a man? I'm guessing they don't care. I don't bother. I don't bother. Sometimes it's a losing battle. You know what I mean? So you just, uh, you know, you let them figure it out for themselves. If somebody asks for, you know, help, I'll point them in the direction of somebody who I think can actually <laughs> achieve that. <laughs> it's not me. Who am I to give people advice about what do they do with their lives? You know, I think it's everybody's journey. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Your worldview that is incongruent with reality didn't work again. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should change that. I don't know. No, it's tough. Uh, last one I see for today says Gabby Horvath. Uh, I, this is my first live. I'm, I finally caught you guys, Gabby from Canada. That is amazing. I love that Thanks there's so many of you me. that every time we go live, this is your first live. So we always love to have you and hopefully you had a good time. Let us know if you want us to do more sort of one topic deep dives like we did in this live or if we should do some more rapid fire new stuff uh, like we do in our other lives. Let me know down below. Would love to hear from you guys. I hope you really enjoyed the show. Leave a comment on your thoughts down below. If you did like subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every single time we're live. That is Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. And we post videos for you guys every single day. Tomorrow, we're reacting to some crazy gender TikToks. And I can't wait for you guys to see it. So I'm excited about that. And then we'll be back Wednesday for our live. So that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for chilling with us, for vibing, for hanging out, and especially for your super chats if you are supporters of the show. We also have a Patreon if you want to support us now that we're independent. All the tiers are the same, and they start at $1. So for $1, you can get all the perks of being part of the Patreon. We recently had the Patreon uh, patrons vote on the name of our Discord server, and they've created a new name. So they got to do that. So consider becoming a patron if you want to, if it resonates with you. Uh, no pressure. Guys. I'll see you tomorrow with a new video. Can't wait for you guys to see it. Peace out.